This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now. Hello and happy Thursday. This is Let's Go There. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. What up, everybody? We are back live and in color. Yeah, I'm actually wearing color today. This is a change. I'm usually in my... Neutral tones. It was like black, gray, and white, pretty much. You were in color yesterday. Maybe things have just changed up since I went to Hawaii. <laughs> uh, but last night, if um, hopefully you tune in every day, because every day at the top of the show, we talk about something personal, a little personal revelation. And I said how I was going to be seeing my mom after a year and a half, not seeing her because of COVID, and she was going to meet my boyfriend for the first time mm-hmm. last night. Well, it mm-hmm. happened. And it went great. <laughs> what was that? was that? I was trying to be dramatic. Oh, uh, um, I don't no, think it went great. I mean, anyone on there does well. Okay, so yeah, did she say anything afterwards? She met oh, him? yeah, she's like, he's a really nice man, very kind, just really good person. And it seems like my mom always has, has these like kind of comments that are a bit. You know, Say like it. backhanded. She's like, it's just, and, and you could hear that he's really getting his life together. <laughs> like, and that, like, she always has to say something. And, like, you I know, he's, he's, he was saying, like, he's really working hard to make more money. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Wait, he, y'all were talking about that at the dinner table? Like, I guess she was asking him what he's up to with his work because he was just talking about how COVID changed things and he's starting this new, he works at this new company. Yeah. And so, yeah, like he just, he's very open and she's very open. She will ask the questions. Yeah. And so they are both just open with each other. Wow. And so, yeah, it was cute, but also it's like, okay, mom, like, you know, yeah. So she was like, well, it sounds like he's trying not to be poor anymore. (laughs) He's going to do something. And then I told my dad because they were divorced and I said it went well, but you know, like my mom said, you know, he's he's getting his life together. It's really nice to see. She, he's like, well, hopefully he has his life together. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> wow. Did, anyway, did he feel a certain way about that? No, he like, uh, he just said everything was great. He oh, was like, it was so that. nice. He also isn't close with his family, so I feel like he's interviewing my family almost. Like this is my set. This is going to be my family. Yeah. Are you okay with? This? I hope he's ready. I mean. He yeah, has to there figure was out where Shira a, comes from. A lot of eating, a lot of inappropriate comments. So, yeah. Well, coming up on the show, uh, what to do when your partner doesn't defend you? That sucks. So, stick around for that. Did you defend Chris when your mom called him for? I. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's at 4.35 p.m. Pacific, 7.35 p.m. Eastern. And why Halsey is saying she won't be doing interviews anymore. That's in the tea report in a moment. Uh, but first, so much trending this hour. According to the Washington Post, top White House aides and Biden administration officials are debating whether they should urge vaccinated Americans to wear masks in more settings as the Delta variant causes spikes in COVID infections across the country. Officials cautioned that any new formal guidance would, though, have to come from the CDC. And they said that the White House has taken a hands-off approach with the agency to make sure they are not interfering with the work of scientists. Because, you know, scientists um, are the right people to listen to if we're going to be creating new rules. And finally... A federal judge ordered the state of West Virginia uh, Virginia, to allow a transgender girl to participate in school sports as a girl, saying that the state's trans sports ban is a result of a fear of the unknown and discomfort with the unfamiliar in his decision. And this comes from sixth grader Becky Pepper Jackson, who unfortunately had to deal with this BS, who said this in a statement, I'm excited to know that I'll be able to try out for the girls' cross-country team and follow in the running shoes of my family. Pepper Jackson sued her state last month with help from the ACLU after she tried to join her school's girls cross-country team, but was told that she couldn't because she's trans. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Yeah, Halsey's no longer doing interviews. Uh, Let's get into the reason why. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So, uh, Halsey said, yeah, after a magazine misgendered them, uh, that guess what? They're not doing it anymore. Halsey, who, if you didn't know, goes by pronouns she, they, tweeted the hashtag no more press uh, after Allure, the fashion magazine, used only she, her pronouns. Um, here's what Halsey said in a now-deleted tweet saying, Hey, at Allure Magazine, first your writer made a focal point in my cover story, uh, my pronouns, and you guys deliberately disrespected them by not using them in the article. Um, uh, They also went to say, then your uh, admin bastardized a quote where I discussed the privilege of being the white child of a black parent, plus intentionally used a portion that was the antithesis of the point I was trying to make. Um, Halsey noted the irony of this whole entire thing as the artist said that they had told the interviewer that they hate doing press because... Um, quote, I get exploited and misquoted. Mm. Now, Allure did apologize, and actually a a source close to the brand said that Allure worked closely with Halsey's team leading up to the release of the story, and all parties were pleased with the content. So, I guess Allure was confused that Halsey was upset because they worked closely with Halsey's team, and I guess it was just a mess. Halsey added that, oh, well, the source added that Halsey pronouns were updated in the story hours after it launched. Yeah, I mean, hmm. the one thing I always get confused, especially about, like, kind of non-binary uh, pronouns, when you go by, like, a binary pronoun and then you still go by a non-binary she, pronoun. They, what are you supposed to put you, in, yeah. Especially if it's she, they, I would automatically kind of register with going with the first one. But I think it's a... Um, you have to be respectful in those sense of like they want you to use both. But then, if you were doing an article and you kept on uh, saying, you know, Halsey or she or her, so you say both in everything. Yeah, you do. Because that that's interesting. Because yeah, typically when you they can't say just she, not they, acknowledge that yeah, it's not there. Typically, then it would be noted at maybe the top, and then the rest, or you would ask. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing to learn. Okay. Yeah, that's your T report. I got more coming up next. Uh, 
our, um, what am I talking about? Oh my God, Dr. Dre, mm. girl, he has to pay his wife so much money. Okay. And we're talking about how much money it is, and it's insane. I'm really happy for her, actually. Awesome. That's coming up next hour. Well, next up on the show, what we learned from Biden's CNN Town Hall, that is next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So why is protecting the filibuster, is that more important than protecting voting rights? People who fought and died for that? No. I want to see, I want to make sure we bring along not just all the Democrats, we bring along Republicans who I know know better. They know better than this. And what I don't want to do is get wrapped up right now in the argument whether or not this is all about the filibuster or look, the American public, you can't stop them from voting. You tried last time. More people voted last time than any time in American history in the middle of the worst pandemic in American history. More people did. And they showed up. They're going to show up again. They're going to do it again. But what I want to do is I'm trying to bring the country together. And I don't want the debate to only be about whether or not we have a filibuster or exceptions to the filibuster or the going back to the way the filibuster had to be used before. Well, that was President Biden at CNN's town hall last night. He covered everything from, as you heard, the filibuster to the pandemic, the economy. Here to break it all down is Fox News contributor Richard Fowler. Welcome back. It's I haven't heard good to be with you. Both. I haven't How heard are you? from you in a while. Listen, you know, summertime. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is true. Well, did we learn anything new uh, from this town hall last night? No, I don't think we did. I think we saw more of classic Joe Biden. Joe Biden came to Washington to bring this country together. He came to Washington as somebody who's been here for 47 years, working in the Senate, understanding the institution. And we saw more of that. This is what people elected. They wanted a president that, not necessarily the most progressive president, but a president that could come to Washington, bring both sides of the table, and try to get something done from the American people. Is and he's it, trying to get it done. Is it good? Like, whatever you're eating, is it good? You know what, Ryan? I'm not, coming for, I'm not doing you today. No, okay, but I, I think what's really interesting, though, um, is how he never, like, he, he kind of insists that he's not going to sugarcoat things. And even when he's talking kind of about the economy, and there was a moment where he basically was just really real about the current price increases and um, kind of delivering some bad news of, around the economy right now. Do you think that is the way, do you people? Do you think people respond well to that? Do you think that was a, a really... Um, a smart way of doing it and speaking about everything that's kind of happening with the economy currently. Well, listen, I would ask you that question. I mean, isn't that what we want? Isn't that what you want from your leader or leader that says, Hey, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth, whether it's good or bad news. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That transparency is important, right? Although we've just been so used to people saying what we want to hear, I guess. True. True. And that's what I mean. That's exactly what he ran on. He ran on something saying, "Listen, I, I will come out here. I'm going to tell you the truth." And the truth is, is that America, in this moment, we are in an, infl- an inflationary period. So things cost a little bit more. Whether it's chicken wings or buying a car, things cost more because we left. We were in a period prior to this pandemic, prior to this uh, during this pandemic, where there was a shortage on things. We weren't producing things in factories because the idea of being in a factory caught, spread this virus. Right. So we saw a slowdown in a lot of our supply chain. Yeah. And now it's going to take some time to ramp those supply chains up. 
And so there's going to be a shortage. And when there's shortage, things cost more. And I think the president being out, being able to go out there and say that, not panicking about it, but saying, over the next couple of months, we are going to see some issues in our economy. We're also going to see some issues in our economy because during the pandemic, the federal government put out a lot of money to keep the economy afloat. And when the federal government puts out a lot of money, it also causes inflation. Yeah. What about his approach to bipartisanship, which has been something he has always touted? It just seems like possibly the way that has been with him coming from the tradition in the Senate of you shake someone's hand, you you know, they keep their word. We're not in that place anymore. <laughs> it's it's obvious. Well, this is a conundrum where I think Biden sort of re- meets, I wouldn't say a roadblock, but a, a speed bump, right? Because I think where a lot of Democrats And where a lot of his voters sit is these aren't the Republicans of yesteryear. Mm -hmm. These aren't the Republicans where you get in a room, you give them this, they give you that, you walk out, you say you have a deal, you vote on it, and it happens. These are Republicans that literally voted against the stimulus package but are at home today saying, don't you think the stimulus package is great? Aren't you happy you got it? And they're toting it like they voted for it when they actually did everything in their power to stop it. So you're meeting a group of people that are not the same old Republicans. And I think this is the problem where this is where Joe Biden now is in trouble, because the Democrats and a lot of voters are saying you can't negotiate with these people. They're not above board. They're not their actors. And Joe Biden seems to think that they are. Mm. And we're going to have to wait to see who's right. I do wonder, you know, Biden is kind of going along with what the CDC is saying, of course, when they're saying this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Do you think that messaging is really going to help people get vaccinated? Or are people just kind of tired, especially the unvaccinated ones and the people who still have hesitancy? They're just tired of one. I saw a clip of someone saying um, and he had just got out of the hospital with COVID. He said, I'm still not getting the vaccine because I'm tired of them putting it in my face is what he quoted. It was a a clip on Twitter that I retweeted. It was just ridiculous to hear that. So what do you think of the current messaging that's happening right now, especially with Biden kind of jumping onto that? I hope that everybody who can who has access to the vaccine goes out and gets the vaccine. If you have questions about it, go talk to your doctor and have that conversation with them and make that choice for yourself and for your family. Please. Right. That's what I did. And I made the choice to get the vaccine. But understand, we are in a world and we're in a universe where if you don't get the vaccine. Right. And you can get the vaccine. Mind you, you don't have you're not immunocompromised. You're not a, you don't have you not under 12 years old or, there's, or anything like that. So you can actually get the vaccine. Understand that you're putting yourself and your family at risk. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we saw a story very similar to what you're talking about, Ryan, of, of somebody in Alabama where they were getting ready to be intubated. And they said, can I get the vaccine now? And the doctor had to explain to them that it was too late. Yeah, I saw that. Well, that was Richard Fowler, Fox News contributor. Thanks as always. Good to be with you both. You too. Coming up, how wildfires in the West are even hurting the East Coast, how you could be impacted. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Fires from the West are leading smoke to move into the East Coast as far as New York. And here to share more is Matthew Capuccia, meteorologist for Capital Weather Gang. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Okay, so what is going on exactly? It's so hard to keep up with the drought, the fires. I mean, how long has this been happening? This one. Well, this particular one, so we have the the biggie is the one that's called the bootleg fire in southeast Oregon. It's over 400,000 acres right now. But it's one of many fires in the West Coast that is pouring smoke into the atmosphere. The bootleg fire and those up in British Columbia are really the most responsible for generating copious amounts of smoke. What's happening, though, we have a heat dome, high pressure over the central U.S., and the smoke is circulating up and around that heat dome, festering and gathering and eventually moving down into the East Coast. And as a result, not only do we have it at the middle of the atmosphere enough to kind of make the sky sort of milky, hazy, weird in appearance, we had enough yesterday to actually get some down to the surface and degrade air quality a bit. So it's been both an aesthetic issue, but also potentially a health issue for some, especially sensitive groups, children, the elderly, and those with pre-existing health issues. You know, I feel like you were pointing on a green screen and I was watching you tell me the weather. Yeah, yep. You know, it was, <laughs> it was really good. It, you're just great at what you're doing. I do wonder, and I always think about this when we're talking about air quality, like how long does it take the air quality to kind of like, I don't know if this is the right word, but for a lack of a better word, like repair itself to especially yeah. kind of, you know, as we move out of wildfire season and does that take a lot longer now because of climate change? What does that look like? That's a really good question. And actually, the term is kind of funny. The term to kind of clean the air is actually to scavenge the air, which I just love. But (laughs) there are a couple ways we can do it. So one, we can have a new air mass blow in. And that really depends on kind of what the weather systems upstream are. Another way things can happen, rainfall. The rain falls through the air, kind of latches onto those aerosols and drags them out of the air. That makes the ground a little dirty for a day or two, but eventually it makes the air a lot cleaner. But one cool thing. You know, one of the issues with the wildfires, we have all the smoke at the middle levels of the atmosphere. The smoke is opaque, so it kind of catches the sunlight, and it warms the surrounding air at the mid-levels. And now, because the mid-level air is kind of warmer than what's below it, it traps pollutants below. And so that's helped ground-level ozone and other pollutants to really build up to kind of sit there with time and to stew and until that what we call inversion or kind of that cap that lid to the atmosphere lifts which will only happen when we get a new air mass in that will be an issue so i I think over the east coast we had a front come through yesterday it's better than it was it's not perfect yet it's heading in a good direction 
but it'll probably be a few more days before things really get to where we want them to be. So we're living in a bubble of pollution, uh, and uh, this drought is worse than ever. Where are things headed? I mean, it just feels like things keep getting worse. It does. And one of the players here is climate change. And I'm kind of a funny atmospheric scientist in that I'm very reluctant to connect things that aren't related. But when things are related, I do want to kind of talk about that. And the reason being, you know, a warmer world is a wetter world, usually. But uh-huh. that's only where we have water. So, for example, if the atmosphere warms on the East Coast, we have the ocean nearby, and that can help evaporate water. On the West Coast, yeah, the Pacific's nearby, but the Pacific is a lot cooler, so it's tougher to evaporate water. And so if you have warm temperatures over the West, the air is trying to suck more moisture into it, whether that be from the ocean or from the ground. There's not that much moisture to be had, so it really just starts drying out the ground desiccating the landscape and helping drought to become even more entrenched. And that's what's been happening. Now, the issue with that, a drier ground means it can get warmer. So it's kind of a self-repeating cycle. And in the process, you're generating conditions that are super favorable for wildfires. You think about all the trees that are drying out. You can't have branches in the ground. It's dry out there. The vegetation's getting dry. Dry climates are good for bark beetles, which eat the trees and which cause more dead vegetation and more fuel to be available. I'm learning so so much. I mean, yes. It's just one of these. It's the perfect storm. We have to wrap up. This has been fascinating. And we appreciate you for joining us because there's a lot going on. Anytime. I'm sorry. Sometimes I get excited and I yammer. I love it. You're passionate about your job. Wait, two seconds. Yes or no? Are we going to die? Everyone someday. I'm going to live a lot before I do. Thank you. Thank you some cake. Well, that was Matthew Cavucci, meteorologist for Capital Weather Gang. Thank you so much again. Thanks. Coming up, would you want social media platforms to ID you to join? Your response is actually from our segment we did on this yesterday next. He's so cute. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So yesterday we talked about how social media platforms might end up making users use their actual government ID to join the platform. And this is an order for people not to join anonymously to be held accountable for their comments, hoping that it will create less trolling on these platforms. And so you all had a lot to say about that. We actually had a listener who messaged us on Twitter. So thank you so much for hitting us up. We appreciate you. Y'all do listen at LGT, LGT Show Everywhere. So this comes, I don't think the name is here, right? No, because okay. we are keeping Oh yes, thank you. That's why it says a listener from Twitter in the script. Thank you, listener from Twitter. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, who says, hi, love the show. I listen live almost every day. Thank you. How about why do you sound so sarcastic about no, it? No, I was excited. Listener, it does listen to us <laughs> almost every day. I don't know if you take DMs off Twitter or whatever, but the last segment about social media and ID verification really got to me. I think it's a really bad idea. I'm trans and not out publicly. The thought that I'd use my ID to verify my account is terrifying. Like, I'd never want my legal name out there and also don't want certain family members seeing either. These sort of things always have a negative effect on LGBT plus people. I don't know if you read DMs, but thank you. Well, thank you for your thoughtful response. And I totally understand that side of it. What I, yeah, what? No, you were in the middle of it. Well, one, the whole thing about IDs, like you should have the right ID that... Uh, is representative of you. That's a whole other issue that the government needs to deal with. Did you just clap? I was... 
I was like moving my hands like uh, like I'm Italian or something. Right, 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 right. Um, so that's a whole other thing. However, yeah, the the platforms. I, I think how this would work is I don't know if it means that your username would be your legal name. It would maybe you could use a, a different username, but on the back end, if you did sketchy stuff, you would be able to be right tracked down and found or at least held accountable. I don't know if it's like means like your legal name on as a username too. I don't think they were asking for us to solve the issue. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. It's making me think. <laughs> no, but I, I like I like Shira, you know, really said um, that I, I didn't consider that point either. Yeah. Um, and I think privacy and um, anonymity, is that the word? Anonymity. Yeah, anonymity is so important, especially when it comes comes to marginalized folks because yeah. you don't want to be targets of certain things. Um, but I, you know, I do still think there there's something to be said about the the accountability of it all. But it, it does also, I think, about people who use social media as tools of like protesting and use tools to navigate systems and and governments uh, when things are kind of like at its worst, mm. and they're using that to kind of have a you know to make change, and they're doing that trying to do that anonymously while not trying to be captured in their in if they're living in a government that's not for them. And so, yeah, this is really interesting and we appreciate you for giving us your thoughts. Please, always keep the conversation going at LGT Show Everywhere. Yep, that's and, it. And uh, we'll always respond. We love you guys. We do. But coming up, Louisiana's anti-trans sports bill might have finally hit a dead end. More on that next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up this hour, is teaching children about porn good or bad? It's a debate that folks are currently having, and we're going to be talking about it right here on the show in 30 minutes. Plus, the crazy amount of money Dr. Dre had to pay his ex-wife. That's in the T-Report in a moment. She deserves. Okay. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi shared more about her select committee to investigate the January 6th insurrection. We're there to seek the truth. We're not, we're there to get the truth, not to get Trump. Uh, T-R-U, truth. Trump. That seems to be what the other side is obsessed with. Is she having a stroke? I would just be like, I just, I always think it's so mean when you say that about someone. I think it's I more about. I always say it about myself. Can you say it about me too? It, well, yeah, but you no, too, it's because also, it's like when you're fluffing up, you're like having a moment. It's more, I thought like, who are what her writers? She, what was she spelling? She's like, she was trying to be very dramatic, like truth, not Trump. Truth. She said T-R-U, and then she said not Trump. I'm like, what is she talking about? <laughs> U.S. health officials said they now have evidence of an untreatable fungus spreading into hospitals and a nursing home. The superbug outbreaks were reported in a Washington, D.C. nursing home and at two Dallas-area hospitals. This is according to the CDC. A handful of the patients had invasive fungal infections that wouldn't be treated with these three major classes of medications. The end is near, basically. This is your time to talk about your fungal situation. That you have I have no on. fungal situation. Are you sure? I thought we were just talking about how you related so much to this. Mm. The CDC's <laughs> Dr. Megan Lyman said, this is really the first time we've started seeing clustering of resistance in which patients seem to be getting the infections from each other. Okay. 
And finally, a Louisiana bill attempting to limit trans sports participation met its demise on Wednesday. The bill mandated that students compete on sports teams in alignment with their biological sex in schools, but it's no longer happening. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Woo! Let's talk about the um, crazy amount of money Dr. Dre was ordered to pay his wife monthly and spousal support. It is time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. You know how much I love hummus? Hummus is just so delicious. Pass that hummus over. No. No. Anyway, back to the story. The music mogul was ordered to pay his estranged wife, Nicole Young, $293,000 per month. If you round that up, that's $300,000 per month in spousal support beginning on August 1st. What? Um, he will have to keep paying the massive amount to Young until she remarries Holy. or enters into a domestic partnership or unless the court orders otherwise at a later date. $36 million. Wait, a year? Yeah, three hundred thousand dollars a month. Thirty six million a year. She's never gonna get remarried or have any partnership. Be like, I'm single forever. And if I did, no, you would know. Secret D. Yeah, if if I did, you would know. And my thing is, um, he was ordered to continue paying expenses for the Malibu and Pacific Palisades home that the couple won't share. But that kind of makes sense because he owns those homes outright. He's a billionaire. Yeah, and my thing is, I don't feel bad for him because he's also kind of like, he has a dark past and he's not the best person. And if you know anything about Dr. Dre, she she should get everything she deserves. (laughs) I mean, this is is great. $300,000 a month? Wow, queen. Bring it. Tell me how to do that. Tell me how to do that. And they're, they've been kind of going through this divorce battle for a while where he didn't want to pay her anything. And she was like, no, you uh, you got me a, a part of this lifestyle. That's always That's the true. thing, right? It's hard. When you enter into a relationship and they're providing a lifestyle for you, I always find that interesting how you can, like, if y'all get divorced, you can tell the government being like, well, I'm... I'm used to this lifestyle, so they need to help me keep this lifestyle up. Yeah, girl, now you better go get a job at McDonald's. <laughs> you know, it's attached to mental health. That could really make you go crazy. <laughs> yeah, not having hundreds of thousands of dollars a month will make you go crazy. Trust me, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I living mean. it personally. Um, no, here's the thing. I, I'm excited that she she got this. Everyone's talking about it. Some people are pro. Dr. Dre being like, oh, my God, it's all a scam. He ha- can't believe he has to pay his wife that much. But, girl, he got it. She. This is not even touching his entire net worth, to be quite honest. Let's be honest here. It's, he's uh, he's supposedly a billionaire, but after taxes. Listen, by the end of her life, so if she's $36 million a year, if she has, uh, how old is she? She has maybe 40 years more. So that is a bit over... Uh, a billion. I mean, a why are we over, doing that? One hundred forty-four million. So that's nothing to his fortune. That means she's basically paid out for the rest of her life. It was either that or her take half of that billion. Yeah, so that was a good deal. Yeah, I think he he lucked up. Let us know what you think at LGT Show. To be honest, who cares about rich people problems? We got more T Report coming up next hour. Well, next up, why we might continue wearing less and less clothing as time continues. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. For some reason, we're talking about global warming a lot. What is going Vanessa's on? Because producer Vanessa is obsessed with it. Producer Vanessa. That world is on fire. Literally. Did you listen to our news story? Yes. It's true. It's, it's true. true. No, there's no negating that. Thank and uh, it means there's also a heat dome. We're in a heat dome. That's what the New York Times called it. 
Yeah, so basically people are wanting to get more naked because we don't want to sweat in our clothes. I get it, totally. I walked outside yesterday um, and completely changed clothes like twice because I was so hot in everything I owned. Oh, yeah. It is getting hot, which means, according to this New York Times article, yes, people are going to be wearing less and less clothing. Are we all okay with that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not It's I'm not Amish. I'm not, like, sitting here being like, oh, I'm so conservative. I don't care if people want to get naked. I'm actually into it. Never mind. That's too much of your business. Huh? Uh, my business out there. But I'm, you know, I'm into Are anybody. You a nudist? No, I'm not a nudist. Um, but you know, some voyeurism, expedition. Oh, expedition. I, is that what it's called? Ex, um, exhibition. Exhibitionism. 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 <laughs> ex, you're going on an expedition. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm I get into, it. I'm into it all. You know, I'm not ashamed of it. You're into people watching you. That's hot, actually. I feel like the idea is hot. And like in public, and like like public moments too. Me and my oh my god, y'all learning way too much. I'm telling all y'all, because me and my ex, (laughs) we had moments in parking garages and things like that. You know, I I mean, I just recently had a moment in the parking garage, and I got sick right after. That Mm. was when I had when I was out for my code. I think I caught it from that guy because I was being a whore. Yeah, that's what you got. Listen, Lessons learned. Can I just say something? The reason why I chose this story okay. is because the Karens, the Brads, that's what Shark calls the Karens, yeah. the are dudes. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, they, if if you've noticed, uh, people that go to amusement parks, there's girls oh, that would wear little yeah. things and they usually get kicked out of amusement parks because they're not like wearing shorts. a lot of clothes. Yes. Well, if the climate is wanting us to now we're a lot of clothes. It's not on us. Why is it our fault? Do you think okay. this is going to make it so, like, there's going to be a lot of those stories? Like, honestly, people need to get out of everyone's business. If they want to show their body, let them. I think this is a new segment idea. Our producer explains why she picked stories. This is great. That's a great story. I mean, and you explained it very well, Vanessa. I was Did, actually, you think she's not capable of no. explaining herself? Just, she just I got on the, the mic. Show, everyone. Very, the whole show. No, but it's very natural. I was, like, feeling you on the mic. But, anyway, but, um, yes. And the Times piece does talk about how, and we all know this, women's fashion is policed more than men's. And um, they said that these items are by no means relegated to people who identify with the pronoun she and her, and that being cooped up during quarantine has made everyone eager to flaunt what they've got. But yes, that said, we are in a time where the Karens and the Brads will quickly, this will be another thing that they police. And that they like they, maybe there's are there going to be laws against what you can and can't wear? I mean, I know schools have this. Like, I couldn't wear a certain <sighs> a shirt that was over a certain amount high. You know or, what I do hate? What? I hate it every time like I wear a crop top and someone's like, "Oh my god, look at you wearing a crop top." Be like, because can we're I not, not used to that. Yeah, that's if you're, what it right, is. So here it I, don't, is. I don't know if it's not if you're I think used it to is. it. I think it's the fact it's like a body type Wait, thing. So if I, I think was it's, wearing a shirt like this. I'm putting my shirt up to my chest. This is inappropriate. Like, no, it's not. no. I think it's based off of. I think it's based off of. They're not used to seeing a fat person wear crop tops, and because I will rock a crop top and not care about it, and I look good in a crop top, mm-hmm. I think people are shocked by that. Because guess what? It's go. It falls back into the what we deem acceptable in society norms. But yeah. my thing is, if it's hot as hell. I'm putting on half of a shirt. And you know what? The other side of this is that it's also going to get cold as... It's cold. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to say cold as hell, but she, like, bleeped it. Uh, And also, though, it's cold inside. Air conditioning. (laughs) 
that is a really powerful statement there, Sheila. And drop the mic. It, it was like, but like, yeah, what do you, so I, we're going to have to get more clothes than ever before to deal with the outside. You're going to have like that wardrobe yeah. and then you're going to have a wardrobe for the inside. Yeah, that's what clothes are. <laughs> I don't understand. Can, is someone, maybe we're speaking different languages here. So there's a few issues here. I'm seeing discrimination and the economy being hit. Wow. Basically. I think the summary of this whole talk segment is, guys, for reals, climate change is real. We're going to have to dress differently and please recycle. Wow, Greta Thunberg <laughs> well, over I here. Do, actually, no, I think that's actually really important because when we're talking about fast fashion and 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 the the sense of fast fast fashion and uh, sustainability and all these things and how it does have a major impact on our world, yep. you have to be mindful of, of things like that. But then also, like, you just got to do the best that you can to survive the heat because people mm-hmm. actually just saw a video. People are getting like really bad sunburns, and how that's going to impact oh, like cancer, with skin, then, skin cancer. Yeah, and it's then be, also you could die. It's going to be intense. Wow, did you just end it on death? <laughs> so let us know what you think at LGT Show is where you can find us on social media. Are you ready to take your clothes off? And then also let us know at LGT Show. Did you like producer Vanessa jumping in? Yep. Let us know. Hit us up. I think that's a segment. She's going to tell us why she picked something. Well, coming up, should porn be taught in schools? Producer Vanessa is very into this one. (laughs) I chose the show. Oh, my God. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Justine Angfonte was a New York private school teacher who received death threats for teaching six-year-olds about sex. The story got national attention and we really wanted to cover it. We got in touch with her. She joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So what happened exactly? Just give us some context because this all seems pretty wild how you were just thrown into the spotlight like this. Yeah, I had taught a lesson to my first grade students called Private Parts Are Private back in November And the students received the content very well. I used anatomical, medically accurate terminology about how to really exercise bodily autonomy. And it was misconstrued as a masturbation lesson to parents who decided that it was best for them to take the measure of reporting that information to the New York Post. So that happened in May. Wow. And so with that, I mean, this seems like this is something that you do and you obviously know how to do it, teaching kids, you know, 
kind of about the importance of owning their autonomy. Why do you why do you feel like parents reacted in this way? Why do we feel like, especially in America, it feels like this is the normal thing when it comes to having conversations about sex. It feels like it's such a taboo thing. And it still is. And I think this incident was a testament to that. Just the fact that I was even using the anatomical terms as opposed to any slang terms or nicknames for it, I think made parents who were eavesdropping into the Zoom class uncomfortable hearing these terms. And uh, as they listened in, um, had immediately sexualized the children, Mm. thinking that I was teaching them how to masturbate, which was far from what the lesson was about. So I think it was um, a lot of things about just their, un- you know, their their um, uneasiness around the topic, um, uneasiness around the actual terms that are being used, and especially when these terms are being used around their own children. So after this came out, what happened? Well, a lot of things happened, including death threats. Um, I had a lot of trolls just, you know, really spamming up a lot of my inboxes, my social media. Um, And this was also on top of a second article, uh, actually a first article that was written by the New York Post the week before the first grade lesson on my um, lesson to 11th graders about pornography literacy. And so there was a really compounded effect of uh, people reacting strongly against sex education of all sorts that I was um, doing in schools. Um, And, you know, I think people just decided to react in really aggressive ways um, to the point that it really compromised my own safety. Wait, the schools are obviously aware of your um, your work. What did they say in the midst of all of this? Well, that was the extra disappointing part. So the lesson that I did with juniors, um, 11th graders on pornography literacy, um, did include a parent blurb and a title that was sent out to parents, or at least I was led to believe that since they asked me for a parent blurb and title to be sent out. And um, parents were informed of it. And uh, I think it's because they just didn't like the content on me talking about pornography, even though it was a lesson about how Mainstream porn is entertainment, not education. And here are all the ways it can impact your sense of safety, fulfillment, and pleasure. And I think because it was just, in general, about porn in a school setting, parents were uncomfortable and took the same measures to uh, report that news to the New York Post. And so with all that said, are you still doing this work with that school? I am, I'm not doing work at that school. I would be uh, surprised if they were to invite me back, despite how well-received the talk actually was and the amount of gratitude I received from students themselves um, and showing solidarity in the aftermath of the incident. Um, I did speak to their 12th graders about sexual consent um, as I was invited to do so. But after those two weeks and after the Post uh, piece came out, I would be surprised if they asked me to return. But I have left independent schools altogether and am now pursuing a freelance career in sex education. It's so important. I wish, looking back, that I, you know, we had had someone like you at the school to talk about these things. I mean, these are the things that become huge issues as you get older. So what's it going to take for schools to start implementing this? There are a lot of schools that are 
doing their best and trying to do this, but oftentimes they're doing it in grades where it would now be remedial. So they're bringing it in maybe in upper middle school and maybe in just high school, but oftentimes through a very fear-based lens on how to not get pregnant, how to not get a sexually transmitted infection, as opposed to really teaching them a holistic um, sex education that is covering all things from body agency, from power dynamics to intimacy building, understanding what sensuality looks like and communication skills and conflict resolution. And that's why it's really best that comprehensive sex ed starts in pre-K. As soon as you are able to start, you know, communicating with, you know, your friends, you want to make sure that you're building healthy relationships and friendships so that when the stakes are higher, you're already so well exercised in these topics and can really um, scrutinize the types of people that you have in your life. So I think schools need to really take the approach of first hiring people who are trained and well-versed in these topics to be teaching it, as opposed to a PE teacher being burdened to teach this, a school nurse having to leave the nurse's office to do this, the school psychologist leaving their psychology office to do this. No shade on those professions or those people, but you're giving them uh, another hat to wear that they weren't originally assigned to maybe actually have to do. It's like asking a math teacher to also teach history when that's not necessarily what they were hired to do. Mm, Well, amazing work. And I hope that you get to continue doing this and schools welcome you with open arms because it's so needed. And so thank you again for being here and sharing your story. I appreciate the platform, Sharon Ryan. Yeah, that was Justine Angfanti, an intersectional health educator working in New York City, specializing in celebrating sexuality in ways that are safe, fulfilling, and pleasurable for all, and all ages, of course. Thank you again. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show, what to do if your partner doesn't defend you? What happens from there? That is in 30 minutes. Plus, we are celebrating someone who's come out as transgender, a an actor and star. So stick around for that in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis pledged that there would be no mask mandates in schools or COVID-related lockdowns this fall, even as the virus surges in the state and across the nation. Ooh. Well, okay. Which one is? Oh, man. It's DeSantis. We need our kids to be able to be kids. We need them to be able to breathe. It's terribly uncomfortable for them to do it. Uh, There's not uh, very much science behind it. There's some schools we had didn't do masks. Others did. The outcomes were were not meaningfully different. Well, Florida has seen cases explode in July, primarily among the unvaccinated. Hospitals are trying to deal with a wave of new admissions that have forced some major hospitals across the state to bring back visitation limits and cut back on elective surgeries. More than 8,000 people in Florida tested positive for coronavirus on Wednesday. And even the state's attorney general announced this week that she has COVID despite being fully vaccinated. Yikes. Now, the pharma company Merck has announced impressive results for its new medication, Isla Travir. The drug is being investigated as both a treatment for HIV and as a form of PrEP. They announced the results of an ongoing clinical trial. The trial is looking at it as a once-a-month tablet for PrEP. So they've shown through the trial that the study group was at a low risk of HIV, and the primary aim was to look at tolerance and what level of it remained in the bloodstream of those being studied and for how long. So basically, this could be in the future a once-a-month pill that's a PrEP pill, which is huge for those dealing with HIV and AIDS. 
And finally, Ryan Murphy. Uh, Ryan Murphy, Reese Witherspoon, and Greg Berlanti's production companies will be finalists in the third annual Gladlist scriptwriting competition. Oh my God, I'm so happy we're talking about this um, because it's so important uh, because they are collaborating with the Blacklist. It is another script uh, uh, kind of like uh, where people, writers, screenwriters yeah, can... can you explain what's what's happening? And they're not going to be the finalists. They're uh, judging the finalists. Yeah, they're asking for submissions is what they're doing. And so this year's Gladlist is looking, is partnering with the Blacklist, which is a uh, website where people go in and submit their scripts to to basically get reviews, to find out what people think, and then also people get found that way. People get like kind of like studios go look at that and green light you know their stories and their films, and it's just a really interesting way. And so Glad wants to uh, highlight queer POC characters and um, stories, and so they're asking for submissions from for POC writers, queer writers specifically who are telling those stories, um, so they can be a part of the glad list where then that gets submitted to like um to like networks and like you basically will have your moment right you'll get your story kind of developed into like a film or your your project it's really interesting and really really cool um the director of entertainment and meet and media um jeremy blacklow is the one spearheading this and it's just super cool that they're doing this and so if you're out there listening if you're a writer and you're like i have a project that i would love to get you know have the hands of a studio to get on there submit to it i think it's 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 amazing where do people find out where to submit you go to blacklist.com now are you just go to glad.org and you'll find all the information about the glad list perfect well thank you for that ryan what's happening in entertainment news i forgot all about to talk about that so thanks for making it a headline Okay, so let's talk about Tommy Dorfman. This is kind of a good yes queen moment, an early yes queen. Tommy Dorfman has come out as trans. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. If you don't know who this is, the 13 Reasons Why and Love Victor Star shared in a new interview with Time Magazine that she has been living as a woman and uses she, her pronouns. She said, we're talking today to discuss my gender. For a year now, I have been privately identifying and living as a woman, a trans woman. Uh, Dorfman said she's using the interview as a means to reintroduce herself as she's um, undergoing surgery to medically become a woman. She says, coming out is always viewed as this grand reveal, but I was never not out. Today is about clarity. I'm a trans woman. My pronouns are she, her. My name is Tommy. Um, She also said that she didn't feel safe at first to share her truth, but ultimately realized that the process of transitioning is beautiful and wanted to take control of her narrative. Hmm. I mean, honestly, obsessed with her. She looks Um, amazing. I love Tommy Dorman. Um, I was such a fan of her before she transitioned and... um, um, even more of a fan of the the inspiration that she's leading. And um, it's actually really interesting, too. Time Magazine's really becoming, like, this um, vehicle to kind of tell trans stories hmm. um, in ways that we haven't really seen, from Laverne Cox to Elliot Page to to Tommy Dorfman. Um, and they're kind of really highlighting that. I don't know. I don't know when Time Magazine kind of decided that they were doing that, but it's really interesting to see if you haven't noticed. But... Congratulations, Tommy Dorfman. You're amazing. Yeah, she looks great. Enjoy your life more. Let's go there with, with Shira, Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So what do you do if your partner doesn't stand up for you or defend you? That could be a deal breaker, but there could be ways to deal with it. 
And here to help us is America's relationship expert, Dr. Wendy Walsh. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Oh, I'm always happy to be here. So, Dr. Wendy, what would your advice be? Well, first of all, what is a relationship, right? Is a relationship is an exchange of care. And when we talk about emotional care, we talk about supporting each other, protecting each other. And you can protect somebody by pulling their arm when a car is careening towards them. And you can also socially protect them when you're out in public. So it's really important that you have your partner's back at all times. Do you think it's complicated, especially when it comes to like family and friends and like sometimes, you know, the person may be not in a place where they feel, I don't know, confident enough to to stand up even for themselves, let alone like their partner in that moment? Like, how do you get past that kind of complicatedness of a situation? Yeah, that's the first thing, right? Is the most important relationship we have in life is the relationship with ourselves and having enough backbone and self-confidence to like ourselves and speak our mind when it's needed. And, you know, that's sort of something you need. That's baggage you need to pull into a relationship with you is self-love. That is true. And then recognizing if this is a behavior that's happening, what are you supposed to do about it? So here's the important thing. So couples in public, it's okay sometimes to disagree if it's done with a wink and, you know, patting their leg in a loving way so that people can see that it's sport, right? You're debating for sport and it's just fun. But it's different if you literally agree with something having to do with values in front of other people because it's putting down your most important team member. You're on Mm -hmm. the same team. Have you forgotten? So when you get home... Obviously, you don't want to create a blow up and say, I can't believe you said that. That was outrageous. <laughs> Instead, you want to stay on your feelings. So when you get home, you're going to say, hey, remember that moment in the night when I was talking about something and you really disagreed with me? I felt kind of embarrassed. Hmm. And it's OK for you to have your own opinions, but it really felt like you were criticizing me. And that was a terrible feeling. Could we find a different way to disagree in public next time? Mm. I like that. Yeah, I think that's interesting. But then, like, if they're, if you're having a disagreement with your partner, and maybe, yeah, it's all about how you do it, I just wonder how many, what's the balance of kind of having those conversations, especially if it happens over and over again with your partner? Like, for me, I'm kind of like a one-and-done type of person where if it happens and you're not listening and we've talked about it a couple times, then I'm over it. Like, that means that's just who you are. You're not going to change it and you're just not going to stand up for me. Like, you're not going to be my partner in that case. So I'm going to call it quits. When do you think it's the appropriate time to kind of call it quits after you're having these repetitive conversations? Well, everybody has their boundaries and everybody can set up rules to see if somebody breaks and violates their boundaries, right? So if you're telling me that you've been a very kind, loving way, been able to express that here's your rule, and then they continue to break it, then you got to ask yourself, is this person going to respect any of my other boundaries, right? Mm. So that's the first thing. But the second thing, I want to tell you, there's really good news about this. So couples who actually fight and argue the most tend to be the healthiest. Now, stay with me. They're not fighting in big blowouts. They're, they're actually dealing with the little tiny skirmishes as they come up to avoid the big blowups later. So they're not, 
you know, sucking things back and just biting their tongue and waiting till all of a sudden the last straw from the camel's back and all of a sudden they're screaming, right? So healthy couples deal with the small stuff all day long, but they also do it with love and respect. They Mm. always let their partner know that they love them, they value them, and that this relationship in the end should win. Yeah, it's so important to remember that it's not about avoiding fights and arguments. It's just like there's a way to do it in a loving way. Or even if you find yourself breaking that, always coming back to that. Yeah, because there's so many people who were raised in family of origins who Mm -hmm. either had terrible conflict resolution skills because the parents just fought and bickered and it never went anywhere, or the parents hid their conflict behind closed doors so it was never modeled for them, or the parents did that kind of silent treatment and avoided, and the kids felt everybody's tiptoeing on eggshells, right? And I think that we all need to learn to figure out what our needs are, figure out a way to express our needs in a healthy way, but we also need to have compassion and understanding for our partner. Another basic fact about love, which is one of my favorite lessons to teach, is that in order for conflict to be successful, is all you need to do is be able to have a space to express yourself, and you have to allow your partner to express themselves, and then you want to let them know that they've been heard, and you understand what they're saying, and then basically you can go out to brunch. Like, there doesn't have to be a winner. The point is, you just need to feel heard and seen. And then the relationship wins. I love that reminder that it's not about a winner. It's about being seen and heard and creating that safe space for each other. Dr. Wendy Walsh, thank you so much again for being here. Always my pleasure. Dr. Wendy is America's relationship expert. Check her out everywhere online, social media, dishing the dirt about relationships. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yeah. As queen. And this one goes to Tommy Dorfman, the 13 Reasons Why star who is celebrating herself as a beautiful trans woman, came out, and we are all about it. Yeah, no, we really are. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, and um, I just loved how vulnerable she was. And we really think everyone should be, you know, reading her full article and her moment uh, in the in Time magazine where she's fully talking about her experience and saying, like, this isn't her coming out. This is a clarification of who she is. It's about clarity. She says, I'm a trans woman. My pronouns are she, her, and my name is Tommy. Yeah, she also I actually really like that name. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I like it when it's not Tommy Lauren. Exactly. Anything besides her. And this is spelled differently also than that name. She also took to her social media to, of course, say her pronouns are she, her. She said, I'm especially grateful to every single trans person who walked this path, broke down barriers, and risked their lives to live authentically and radically as themselves before me. Thank you to all the trans women that showed me who I am, how to live, celebrate myself, and take up space in this world. So congrats to Tommy Dorfman for living her truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, queen. Yes, and that does it for our show today, but we are back tomorrow, Friday, ending the week with you right here on Channel Q Live, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow on the show, we're talking about the cult of busyness, and uh, you might be in it. Uh, plus, of course, so much more, including what's trending this hour and the tea report, the latest entertainment stories. If you miss any of our show or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There. 
And subscribe to join our podcast family. We're sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's covering tips for sobriety. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 